1: Everyone relax, this is Fop. Ironically, <laughs> I'm not relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fop. I'm Will Anderson and uh, joining us, uh, returning guest Charlie Clawson, nice to have him back. He's back here in the pod cave, which he said looks pretty much the same as last time we talked. But in between then, if there was one of those, like, you know, kind of slow cameras that they have, like, on the weather, a time lapse, a time lapse you would have seen, like, everything that was uh, stored in here. And I've been cleaning it up for hard well, rubbish. It's Sam Mack.
0: Hello, Sam Mack. Hello, Will Anderson. Thank you for having me. There's less dead bodies than last time. I mean, they're, they're better hidden. There was a leak.
1: <laughs> There was a leak last night, so I'm hoping this... Um, and when I say there was a leak, not in a sort of Tony Abbott's cabinet sort of way or a, like a, a WikiLeaks. There wasn't a Wilkie leaks. There was a literal leak in the roof last night. So I got back from Melbourne and uh, discovered that all my electronic equipment was soaked wet. So It I've sounds had-
0: like you're just making up excuses for the fact that maybe you don't like this podcast. You're like, oh, sorry, Sam, it was the leak. Yeah, we can't put it up. But every other podcast I've ever recorded is absolutely <laughs> fine. At the start of every episode, I come up with a different thing in case I need an excuse. <laughs> yeah, it's a little disclaimer, a
1: little asterisk. Yeah, oh, look, I mean, I hope this podcast is working, but the Polar Vortex uh, is in town, so <laughs> I may not be able to put it up. Uh, hey, it's really nice to have you on the podcast, Mark Maron, but uh, wow, Ebola seems to be back. So... <laughs> Sorry about that, Ronnie Cheng, but uh, there's polio in Queensland because some kids aren't getting vaccinated, so your episode can't go up. <laughs> Uh, what have you been up to, Sam? We haven't seen each other for ages. It's been uh, It's been—it's a good excuse to catch up, but what have you been up to? What's yeah, been going on?
0: It has been a long time. Um, I guess I've been doing a freelance, is probably the easiest way to describe it. I've been doing some stuff with Channel 7. Uh, I was actually just near your house the other week um, doing some live crosses with the, um, the City to Surf. Now, explain to people who are listening from overseas. Hello, people who are listening from overseas. Hello.
1: Explain to people uh, from overseas, A. Um, w- what this City to Surf is and be what you were doing in relation to it.
0: Yep, so the City to Surf, um, a lot of it is in the title, uh, right. no, it's, it's it's a run <laughs> people are like well
1: I'm pretty sure it's some event that starts in the city and ends in the yeah, surf yeah. or there's no M. Night Shyamalan style twist hang on <laughs> we're back in the city I never saw this coming why am I in the forest all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> damn you race coordinator M. Night Shyamalan
0: <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's a regular uh, it's an annual fun run uh, 14 it's,
1: k's it's a big uh, 14 kilometres yeah so, uh, for our international listeners that is about 200 miles. <laughs> <laughs> I love the uh,
0: international resets on this show. They're brilliant. Got a to cater my audience, mate. Um, and where you live, Will, is uh, Vaucluse, which is... No, basi- pro- probably shouldn't tell people where okay. I live on the podcast. <laughs> this is definitely not going up now. It's out there now. So, oh, gee, that damp, that leak's coming back. Did I say Vaucluse because I meant to say Blacktown? Yeah. <laughs> Another thing which, which is not going to make sense to international yeah, listeners. It's
1: also a name of a place in Australia, but we don't have a problem with the
0: race no. system. No. Again.
1: Anyway, let's go to a place that is called Blacktown. Okay, um, I'd
0: love a graph of what percentage of your show is resets or explains for international listeners. Oh, mate,
1: if anyone brings up coon cheese, I have to do about I have to do about forty five minutes explaining why that isn't racist. And at the end of it, I still am not convinced that it isn't racist. I feel like it might be. Might be time to let that one go, cheese.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Will lives basically near the top of a hill, and I was at the top of that hill, which they call Heartbreak Hill. Yeah. In uh, in the scheme of this run and it's- because
1: basically you start the run in the city and you have to run this it's a gradual hill up to like uh, basically you're getting towards and i've talked about on the podcast before that i live near uh, a very popular suicide spot yeah fact, the most popular suicide spot in uh, all of sydney and uh called the gap and it's mm-hmm. also cliffs where people and tourists and stuff will go so obviously you've got to think they're starting in the city and then they're in this gradual run all the way up this like massive hill and like i mean my car like, size at the top of that drive. Like, people having to run up there, it's, yeah. it's crazy.
0: Oh, definitely. Uh, I think over the course of 2Ks, they say the actual hill part is... 94 you, miles. Yeah, you're great. You're great. <laughs> this is good. This is really good. Um, you go up 70 metres. Uh, 148 so feet. Thank you. <laughs> that's quite a climb uh, in any measurement device. And my job on that day was... Just to interview people when they're at their worst. Right.
1: <laughs> so, what a great idea for an actual interview show. Yeah, like that'd be great. Like, don't get me wrong, I would love to see Matt Smith interviewed on, like, you know, Graham Norton. But if Matt Smith has run eight kilometers up a really big hill and then be interviewed on Graham Norton, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we get some real truth. Definitely. Answers.
0: So we had people like Fitzy, who I know you've had on the podcast, Ryan Fitzgerald. Yep. Ryan, um, Ryan Fitzy Fitzgerald. Yep. For branding purposes. Yep, exactly. um, Tony Abbott, Prime Minister of Australia, running up there, um, and I was so I wanted. To oh re-
1: yeah, the Prime Minister of our country goes in the fun run. Yeah,
0: yeah, s- nothing s- weird about that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got a selfie with him during the fun run, and he was surrounded by what were clearly his detail, his security detail. Well, I guess he has to, right? Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, and he's terribly unpopular, so he'd have to have heaps of them. I he imagine. was running really fast. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But his detail, his detail... What makes you
1: run so fast? Oh, have you seen the decisions I've made about the country? <laughs> <laughs> and have you seen how much I'm fucking up these people's lives? I sprinted 14 <laughs> kilometres, yeah. which I think you'll find is 950 miles.
0: <laughs> um, and his, his detail we like wearing, you know, normal running attire. So, yeah. you know, at, at a first glance, like might Like mixed have thought,
1: running attire. So they're not all in the same uniform. They're in like... Yeah, mixed. They're the their version Reebok, of...
0: Adidas, right. various bright colours. Also, oh, there's
1: not even like a security detail like brand. sponsor brand. No,
0: New Balance haven't come on board. They've got everything else at the moment. Right. New Balance, well, they haven't signed up the security They don't have a detail. Swiss vitamins uh, <laughs> sponsorship or something. But the giveaway for these guys was they were all wearing those black like security person glasses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Which, well, they
1: have standard issue. Yeah. You can't fuck with those. You can't have a guy in a pair of Ray-Bans <laughs> and a guy in a $2 pair of Sunnies that he got at, like, the servo on the way
0: in. Um, so, they were actually kind enough when they saw that I was running with him yeah. to um, say, I will take a photo for you. So, yeah, so that that happened. But what I, my main role up there was to offer people foods that they wouldn't really want or th- foods that wouldn't really help in that situation. I mean, cause I
1: assume, like, a marathon, there's, like, drink stations yeah. and stuff like that.
0: We were just we were just before the drink station.
1: Oh, okay. So, good the thing placement. was,
0: a lot of people confused us with the drink station. Right. So, when they saw us sort of standing there and, you know, near a table offering some things, they thought, oh, great, finally some fluids.
1: But also, that's a good... That is, like, for the purposes of where we're going to go with this. Like, that's a, still a considerate place to play that prank, right? Yeah. Because... The drink station is just around the corner. Yeah, Like right. if you played it just after the drink station and then they had to run like another five kilometres with whatever the fuck you're going to make the meat in their mouth, that's when shit would have got real. So
0: what were you trying to make the meat? I was offering them uh, Nutella. Now. Is Nutella
1: global? I think so. Nutella. That's like an international brand. It's I don't think it's Australian.
0: Basically melted chocolate, yeah? Yeah. Um, from a, it's novelty a chocolate s-
1: hazelnut spread, I think. Yeah, like. it's
0: delicious. From a novelty-sized tub. Yeah. Um, and Ooh, Nutella <laughs> You always say yes to Nutella
1: Is that their jingle? I eat up every little bit That hazelnut and chocolate It always brings a smile to my face
0: I'm having flashbacks to when we work together on Triple M It's like you're doing a live read But, <laughs> but it can't be because you're actually enthusiastic about that one <laughs> And you didn't say the permit number at the end <laughs> Do we need to explain what a live read is?
1: Uh, So, well, yeah, I mean, I think we have to explain it to even to people who listen to radio. There are bits in between. Actually, I never did live reads, so Sam was technically a little bit inaccurate (laughs) in his little riff there, but... I was going to let it fly. But the live read is the bit of the radio show where the uh, presenters suddenly seem to be really, really enthusiastic about Holden's or like whatever, you know, car window tinting or whatever. Um, And it's a part of the show that they're being paid for. And it's basically a live read of an advertisement. Yeah, exactly. The advertisers like it because it's the hosts of the show suddenly talking about their brand and, you know, reading a script about their brand and being enthusiastic about the brand. Yeah,
0: pretty much. Yeah. Well, it's I, didn't kind of do like, it. I guess I didn't you get versions those. of it on TV as well when someone's doing an endorsement for, you know, where they're hosting an advert, doing an endorsement for
1: a. I mean, it's pretty common these days. And I think if I ever did radio again, which I probably will not, but if I ever did radio again, yeah. I think the world's changed to a point where no one even gives a shit now that people do them. No. Like, I listen to, like, The Hot Breakfast and you hear Eddie Maguire and Mick and, like, uh, Das doing them. And they're fun. They're funny. They bring their own kind of spin to it. The relationship between those three people is so distinct, anyway, that it doesn't really matter yeah. what they're talking about. It all, it all still comes through. But you certainly can make a lot of money doing them. But I never did them because I always had this kind of principle that if you heard me talk on air, you would be hearing me say, you know, what I truly believed. Yeah. Apart from the introductions about how much I loved New Holden you, because I was contractually obliged to do those ones. <laughs>
0: That was what they called integration, yeah.
1: Yeah, I had to do some integration. No, there but... was a
0: whole department called integration and their job was to make sure that, you know, these businesses could be promoted but in a subtle way. Technically, even the fact that
1: there was a department called integration. And people be, knew about it. It's like, <laughs> surely those people should just be
0: integrated into exactly. all the other departments. Yeah. We just blew their cover. Yeah, um, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so I've been doing a bit of a few bits and pieces with Seven. Um well, of so hang on,
1: I want, I, before we move on from the Nutella thing, what was people's general reaction when like, you were offering them
0: the Nutella? Confusion, um, disgust. <laughs> like, There were a few great photos. There was one girl, uh, and I do feel sorry because it would have taken about 40 seconds off her time, uh-huh. and you know, she was going for it. Yeah. Uh, someone got a photo of the moment when she thought it was a drink, because as we said before, it was near the drink station. By the way, I would have loved if, like, like when the
1: female race ends, you, she comes second by, like, 38 <laughs> seconds, and you just see her across the line with Nutella drilling out of her mouth, regretting her decisions.
0: <laughs> um, well, yeah, there's a great photo which captures the moment of realisation for her that it's not a drink, that <laughs> it is in like, Nutella. <laughs> Um, but as, besides that I've been doing some Sort of As you know I do a lot of, with soccer So a lot of soccer hosting Football Yeah football. For our world listeners <laughs> Thank you um, And I do a thing for goes, our American listeners Yeah Soccer oh, Soccer Soccer, <laughs> soccer.
1: <laughs> America and Australia The only two countries Still holding on to that
0: I like it So I do a lot of um, A lot of football soccer Related stuff With my mate Jules Schiller A thing called the B League We've uh-huh. decided that We're going to bring that back This season Which we're um, Really pumped to To do Um, And I've been doing some improv. I've been doing some improv classes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So tell me, uh, where do you do those improv classes? uh, In Redfern. So through a place called ITS. Mm -hmm. And it's run... the, The course that I'm doing is you would know the comedian Steen Riscopoulos. I do. I, he's a brilliant comedian. Yeah.
1: And a brilliant improvisational comedian. Yeah,
0: and that's why I'm very lucky to be in his class. He's teaching us at oh, the moment. Yeah.
1: I went to his show in Edinburgh last year and I very much enjoyed it. Uh, but he told me afterwards that he... Because I... Ironically, for someone who does like a lot of crowd work and stuff in my shows, I when I'm in an audience and there is audience participation, that terrifies really? me. Really, I am that guy. I do not want to be involved in your show, dude. <laughs> Why? Well, I don't want to be involved. I just there's so many different reasons, but all of them end up in me not wanting to be involved in. your have show. Have
0: you ever been put in that position where you there was no escape? You were involved.
1: Um, no, I don't think that I have. But I've certainly been cajoled or like you know invited up, and I like I'm a big shake it off. I'm a big <laughs> like. The Mate. T.
0: Swift philosophy. Yeah, I shake
1: it off. Yeah, very much. I think Taylor got it from me. She saw me in a situation <laughs> where somebody asked me to do... In fact, I was at a Taylor Swift concert and she was asking, everyone put your hands in the air and I was the only one who didn't. Yeah. And she looked me in the eye and I just shook it off and she like saw her actually make a mental note at the time. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> so what you've just done there is incorporated some improv into a conversation about improv. It's impressive. That's yes and. Yeah, that's right. And that was all brought to you by the holding new... There's some integration. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or some improgression <laughs> it's where you improvise branding into like
0: <laughs> that's the future of television
1: <laughs> from your brand
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah any brand providing it's one of our sponsors right. any brand
1: raise 10 studio good good suggestion <laughs> um so uh, with the soccer football with the football soccer and the improv um do the two affect each other or are they kind of things that you, you know are separate at the moment like separate
0: you- yeah, yeah but the thing that I'm I'm starting like um very like level one they call it with this improv thing I've always okay. kind of you know kept across it uh-huh. and watched bits and pieces of it so I've had an interest in it right. but what they teach you in level one are, are the really basic principles of it and- sounds like Scientology to me <laughs> yeah it's funny you say that. It right. does feel like there, there yeah. is almost like
1: a religious... Are you doing seat sports? <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great...
0: That is impressive. It's a,
1: that is a great Scientology slash like improv joke. Yeah. <laughs> Very select. It's in the top
0: 10 I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is... There's, there's really um, strict guidelines to improv when you're learning like the basic level, which yeah. I didn't know. And, and I don't know. I guess I just find it really interesting in the sense that uh, a lot of the things that you learn can be used in real life as well. Like okay. it teaches you a lot about just listening properly, like listening and um, adding to what people say, have a, have like a, a yes and approach. Yes. And is one of their big kind mm-hmm. of like phrases, which is all about accepting anyone's idea and, and adding to it and running with it. So all of these things, it's why there's so much consensual sex <laughs> yeah, in the improv scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really tough to get out of that <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Yes, but. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) We taught you. Read your manual. It's yes and. (laughs) In improv, no means yes and. Yeah. This is going to reflect really badly on Steen's teaching. He's a great teacher. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I'm learning a lot. Loving it.
1: Okay. And so, what's the format of the. Because I'm always fascinated by this. Because I find classes. Because I'm doing puppy uh, school at the moment.
0: Puppy improv. Have a puppy heard improv. Of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Throw me a puppy. It's so cute. <laughs> 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 We're doing a lot of yes wait, yeah, yes wait, yeah, yeah. yes sit,
0: <laughs> yes so roll how's over. That going? That's with uh, with your little Winona.
1: With with the uh, no, yeah with uh, Winnie and uh, so I have to you know you publicly have to in front of other people like be doing the things and i find that that's like my worst nightmare i know it seems weird with the job that i have like but i'm happy to walk out on stage in front of 1600 people there more but walking like with my puppy in front of like four people like is my worst nightmare
0: um but you know that dogs that make you lol is rating really well at the moment on commercial tv in australia i think it rated around a million last week which is basically just youtube clips of dogs making you lol
1: yeah oh well this is actually a yeah puppy comedy school
0: yeah, like yeah, i am yeah,
1: yeah. like oh no I, I, she already sits and goes to the toilet that's fine yeah, yeah. no no i so this is all slipping on learned? banana skins right. uh, misjudging like glass doors and running into them uh you know saying saying words yeah. <laughs> barking and making it sound like words you know all that sort of yeah. Like also, you know, some political satire, some topical stuff, you know, like this sort of shit you see on the project or the weekly. Yeah, yeah. Like I want them to be all well-rounded, is yeah. what I'm
0: saying. I did think, yeah, what, why, one of, one why of is them... Winona wearing red budgie smugglers? I'm what? like, oh, that's the political gear, very clever. One
1: of them's up for the third series of Utopia. Really? Yeah, playing Lemo's part.
0: <laughs> oh, that was a matter of time, wasn't it? <laughs> Can't wait to read that on news.com. today, you, Lemo replaced by puppy.
1: Never seen the headline, Lemos who make you lull. right? <laughs> Sorry, Lemo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should point out, uh, for those that aren't familiar, Limo was the other half of the show that we worked on back in the day at Triple M. And did you see this on Radio Today, the authority on, um, on radio in Australia? Radio Today
1: is basically, it is the authority on radio in Australia because they're the only people who have given a shit enough to write a thing about radio.
0: Yeah, well, I wasn't going to put it that way, but yeah, well, pretty I much. Um, you might change your opinion when I tell you that Will and Limo, the show that we worked on, was voted uh, in the top 20 drive shows of all time.
1: Yeah, but I mean, how many
0: drive shows have well, there been irrelevant. in the
1: history of Australian it radio?
0: It's an achievement. T- top 20 of all time. Yeah. I say you about- know what?
1: That's actually not too bad, now that I think about it. Because there's like, what? There's like probably five or so drive shows a year. They're getting paid like some sort of like, you know, decent amount of money. And right? there's a
0: lot of turnover in radio. Right, like some years there'll be like t- three drive shows from one station. Right, I, you know we were in those years. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to say, I, I don't think Triple M management voted on this particular survey. Right, I was like, that's actually. Now that I think about this, we're in the top twenty. were we we're twentieth? From no, from memory, it was around twelve or thirteen. I'm, I'm going to have to fucking. So gonna, you know, on. your Hamish and Andy's were obviously up there. Martin Malloy, I believe, well, at I mean, number great one. Shows. Yeah, oh, brilliant shows. Um you have the likes of a couple of the Nova shows. So I think, um, actually, the Shebang was in there, an old Triple M show, Marty Sheargold. You're going to have a great drive show.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can find it. I, I'd like to know now. Um, now that I've decided that it's not as unimpressive. <laughs> <laughs> see, seeing that we d- did less than two years before we were sacked, the fact that anybody even remembers it enough to put it on their stunt <laughs> yeah. now. No, I okay. think um, yeah, uh, it's, it's good to be
0: included. 20, what was it? Best 20 drive shows?
1: Yeah, Radio Today. Okay, let's have a look at this and see if we can find it.
0: So, my role on that show um, was the the button to, monkey to fuck up the weather, yeah, <laughs> to play the wrong, traffic. the wrong traffic.
1: That was that was Sam's job. <laughs> see, it was all about if the you, comedy. If you girl. wanted to know what last week's traffic was, <laughs> yeah. that was the show for you. Does it say that in the article? Does Here's it say some, uh, uh, retrospective uh, that, <laughs> traffic? Does it say they made the list because of the retrospect the traffic flashbacks? <laughs> they were working on
0: so many levels, those guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was uh, number one listened to show by time travellers. <laughs> if
0: you needed to know what the traffic was going to be a week ago,
1: we were the show for you. Okay, I found the link, but yeah. it's loading slowly because okay. here we go. All right, here we go. Was it voted, or was this did this just did they make? I this think up?
0: it may have been uh, one of the guys who who you know runs the. Site.
1: Okay, tell me what. Uh, while it's loading, tell me just off the top of your head, if you had to name your, your favorite late drive shows of all time, what would they what they be? I think you got it
0: right. I think um, Martin Malloy, which is an old Triple M show.
1: I think it's the best like radio show I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, and I think absolutely Hamish Nandy, very close second. All right, here we
1: go. Uh, here they are: top twenty Metro FM drive shows. Oh, okay, so no AMs are included in this. It's already, been, it's already, been, it's back to being less impressive again. <laughs> Anyway, Mark Malloy, number one. Yes, yeah. totally agree with that. Brilliant, brilliant show. Number two, Hamish and Andy. Okay, brilliant, brilliant yeah. show. I agree with both of those. We were up against Hamish and Andy. So let's take that into account that we still even got a mention up against one of those juggernauts. Absolutely. Uh, number three, uh, Kate, Tim and Marty, Michelle, Tim and Marty on Drive. Again, couldn't couldn't disagree. Yeah. Great shows. The Shebang and the Whole Shebang. Again, Marty, she got Bloody. involved yeah. in that. Fifi Box. Uh, that's That's cool. The Cage. Oh, what a great show. The Cage. They did Late like, Breakfast as well for years. But do you remember The Cage? Uh, yeah, James Brayshaw, Matt uh, pa- Matt Parkinson.
0: Uh, and Quartermain, wasn't uh, no, it? Was Matt
1: Qu- oh, no, it was Peter Berner, Bridget Duclos. I think they had a few the different um,
0: versions of The Cage. Different cages, yeah. right.
1: Bought <laughs> them in the cage. Uh, American Russell on Triple J. Very good show. Uh, the yep. Grill Team on Triple M. Bridget Duclos, Dermot and Eddie McGuire. You've seen a few of these names come up. Hey. Sam, number eight.
0: Oh, really? Number eight. Are you impressed again now?
1: I'm, yeah, I'm back to being top impressed 10. again. I'm back. Top ten. I'm undersold it by saying top, top twenty. Top twenty. <laughs> I assume when you said top twenty, we were nineteen. You're top eight. Top eight. Hang on. Look at this. Let's, let's see what they say. Will and Lemo. Will Anderson and Anthony Lemo were on Triple M from 2007
0: to 2008. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they need to say. Stop there. Get out of the
1: high point. We we came in at eight, though. Let's remember that with that short period of time. Both stand-up comedians. Will was formerly Triple J uh, and Limo SAFM. Limo is now co-hosting Gold Breakfast. Okay, well, that's really just information, isn't it? Didn't get a big mention there for Sam. No. Oh, we beat Roy and HG. Now, that's one of the... Ryan HG is a great That's show. That's an achievement, yeah, right. for sure. Club bench that was a good show. I like that, T- 10. Kyle and Jackie O, now dominating Breakfast Radio, but yeah. we, we're ahead of those guys. Uh, so what do
0: you think it would have... Kate. What do you think it would just would've...
1: started. <laughs> <but> <laughs> and we're only four slots ahead of them, so they may be coming for us. <laughs> in a couple of years, we may be not in that top 10 anymore, I'm guessing. Uh, the Rush Hour The Doctor Fifi and Jules The Chaser John Owen oh, yeah. Dano America The Highway Patrol Paul and Rach Doug Murray
0: well, So some great shows in there and to be in the top 8 I would say is, is a pretty solid it's achievement pretty good, given man. what was it less than 2 years What's or? that
1: World Cup semi-finals Yeah Is that semi no uh, what's that? when does it get down to 8 What that's nah, a quarterfinals. Semi- quarterfinals quarter-finals quarter-finals it's of the World Cup achievement yeah. that'd be a good result
0: Absolutely. Um, so we were having a World you, Cup of Australian I- Metro <laughs> FM radio. <show. laughs> are you glad I brought it up now? Yeah. No,
1: well, I'm still not sure.
0: Still- <laughs> Mixed emotions about I, yeah. being in the quarterfinals, right, of the I, uh, Radio World Cup.
1: I still, I feel like we've been placed appropriately in something that's not that impressive. <laughs> 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 but at the same time. Like, I couldn't quibble. Like, it's certainly not like I could go, oh, we should be higher on that list. Yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised to be on that list. Good. We are. Well, I'm glad okay. I brought it up then. Well, that was good. Um, all right. Good improv. <laughs> 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 Sam brings that into every scene he does in his course. You know, this reminds me of the top twin. I was on uh, Radio Today the other day, guys, and was <laughs> premier radio journal. <laughs>
0: Come on, man! I'm only like five lessons in. Like, I'm not. I'm not a guru. Okay,
1: so this was the whole point of this thing that I was asking you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How many people are in the class?
0: About eighteen, sometimes twenty. Okay yeah um and so is
1: everyone playing it like how, how do the exercises work how does that sort of work I mean I'm not, don't give away his
0: you know intellectual no, no. You know, property, a lot of them but- are really you know standard basic so the yes and like we were talking about before before uh is one of the key kind of games that you start off so I would walk into a scene with you and I'd go hey will um I hope you don't mind, but I've um, parked my tractor out the front of your house. It's not going to cause issues on your street, I hope. But um, yeah, it's just going to be sitting there for. And actually, I've got to go to my mate's house. So it's going to be there for two weeks. That's cool, though, yeah? No. <laughs> oh, you're out. You're out of class <laughs> immediately. And you're banned and you're blacklisted. So that's, that's the opposite of how it works. <laughs> you would go, yes. And I love your tractor, Sam. It's actually one of the best tractors I've seen in my life. And then you just go from there. It's all about. Right, but now, the now offer. I've got your fucking tractor.
1: <laughs> Fucking up my life. I don't know what I'm agreeing to under the guise of
0: improv. No. I need time to think it through. On, ex- i just got to call Steam to see what to do in this situation. <laughs> That's level four. <laughs> I think it's just a money laundering operation for them, you know? Uh, so
1: what do you then so you do yes ends and yeah. you play yes and situ- situations yeah. which is actually harder than it seems yeah. like it may seem to people like it's easy but like I mean podcasting a lot of the time what you're really doing is yes yeah, and yes and absolutely and
0: that's what I was saying before about how a lot of the things that you learn in there are useful for just day-to-day conversations you know like the 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 really important one we learned the other week was about um about listening and So someone could say to you, I I was walking down my street the other day, and um, then I I saw this big dog. But you know in a conversation a lot of time when someone brings something up, and you might even do it yourself, you're thinking about, oh, when I was walking down the street. So you're thinking, oh, I've got a great story about when I was walking down the street. And you almost want to bust in and do that to the point that you don't hear the bit about the dog. So the bit about the dog is the most important part of that thing. So it's about being present and listening to that whole bit, and then adding to and including the last bit.
1: I was walking down the street the other day,
0: and... With my dog. And this idiot parked his tractor (laughs) right in the spot that we were trying to walk.
1: Oh well, that's good. I like that. I think that's. I do agree with you. I think that improv. So who do you think's in the class? Like, are they all people who want to like, or are people just doing it for that reason to kind of be better at their job or in their world? Or like, are they people who you know want to be join the you know heady world of international improv? Is the fact that like you know a lot of the stars now like your Amy Poehler's and like the UCB thing and all that is that like is improv kind of hip and cool again?
0: Um, I don't know sure. if it's hip and cool again. I think it's always had some merit, like, you know, like you mentioned there, a lot of the people, a lot of the SNL guys have, um, improv backgrounds. Um, you know, even guys like Stephen Colbert, Steve Carell, all of those guys they're Will Ferrell, improv backgrounds, but in the group, it's really eclectic. It's like people who are actors who just want to improve their improv. There's people who, um... You know, have a completely non related job like working in the council. There's a council worker in our group. (laughs) Yeah. There's um, people who maybe don't have the best English, so English is a second language, and they thought this might be a cool way to actually improve.
1: (laughs) Seriously. But that is like good on you for having the fucking balls. I can't speak the language properly. Maybe I'll take an improv class that relies on almost total comprehension (laughs) and the ability to build on that comprehension. I'm not even sure how to say yes or and in this language language, yeah, but that I'm going to do an improv class. Yeah,
0: that poor Spanish girl from the other week had to um, get the translate for what tractor means. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh no, I really admire those guys for doing they it. They just
1: start weeping on stage, in my country, we have no tractor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a really broad range of people, but okay. like really interesting people, like everyone who... I think everyone's got different strengths and like you work out pretty quickly the things you're really comfortable with the things that you're like oh god I'm terrible at that like for example for me I'm not great with the um, acting side of things uh-huh. I haven't done much acting and, and I'm not great with the physicality like the physicality is something that's quite new to me but also I time-
1: would imagine and because we all have, like I mean we all, I was thinking about this the other night I was up in Brisbane doing a Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds show The yep. Dollop which is great and the, the way that that show works this is a very improv show so Dave's Reading a story from, like, you know, a fucked up story from history in Australia, a fucked up story from Australian history. And so he has these beats through it, but we don't know what he's going to say. And then between Gareth and I, like, what what often happens is you'll throw up a premise and the other person will run with it. It's not that thing of you have to necessarily land a joke and then you get onto a riff or whatever. Yeah. But... A lot of it was accent based the other night and I have no gift for accents. What
0: are you, like if you- if, I cannot do accent If you were forced to do two, like what would you go to? The things that you think I can at least sound a little bit like that accent.
1: French and terrorist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they are the, both the same one. It's vaguely in this, I will blow you up.
1: Like that's my generic sort of, It's I don't know if I'm French or if I'm a terrorist.
0: <laughs> and how long have they been your, your two go-to accents?
1: I don't have any accents. I try I try, and I just have no gift for accents. Like, yeah. And it would be a great skill for me to have, but I've just never been able to develop it. So you, you get to know what your particular strengths yeah. and weaknesses are. I imagine, and this is not meant to be a, not, uh, an insult in any way, but because your performance style has almost that like comical sort of, no, you have that like, you're not quite playing a parody of a, you know, what you're doing, but it has that kind of heightened awareness of like, I'm like, this is kind of, you should be aware that this is a joke. You right, know what right, I mean? Yeah,
0: right. Which has been a lot of the stuff yeah, you do. You know, it's definitely. that kind of
1: thing of like, the thing you were doing with the teller. It kind of involves you immediately just having to look like I'm the sort of person who is doing <laughs> this thing, you know? Because that's all the time you have sure. to communicate, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But I imagine in an improv class, if you have to play a more realistic scene or if you have to go with something that isn't comedy. Absolutely. And that is going to push you a little to kind of break that, like, performance space of yours away and get to a different performance space. And
0: that's a big part of it. And and one of the things we've been learning is, like, it's okay to have some silence. And that's something that I, you know, with a radio background, it's not okay to have silence. And, no. and they mean, you know, you can have 10 seconds of silence if you're thinking about something, if it's going to give you then the right thing to go back with. Um so it's getting comfortable with things that traditionally are really uncomfortable for you. But that's why it's a good class to do because it, it is, and that's why I wanted to do it, was to, to get completely out of a comfort zone and, and no safety net. Because when we do radio or TV or whatever, for the most part, you know roughly what you're talking about. You know, right, this is our topic. And sure, you're going to, you know, you're going to branch out a little bit. But with this, you're literally walking out in front of a group of, you know, this stage, just 15 people, the rest of the class with someone else with no idea what you're going to be talking about. And you've just got to figure it, figure that out while you're up there, which is challenging, but really a good to use a good part of your creative brain, I think.
1: Uh, I absolutely agree. Like if you can be in a moment like in a moment of improvisation, um, I had to film something for... Uh, Ari Shafir has a show on Comedy uh, Central in the US and essentially it's a show of like fucked up... All the stories about people getting fucked up on drugs or yeah. like something outrageous happening to them and, you know, I'm friends with him. He's a, he's a great guy. I've done his podcast, and he's a really funny guy and um, he... Like Comic Central, are kind of a like, you know, we'll, we'd like to see something. We'd like to see if you were going to do this show, what would your story awesome. be? And so I have some things that would suit the show, but the truth of it is that most of the things that would really suit the show are outside what it is that I do, and I'm, I'm, I'm. I know that I could do something. I could just prepare something for that show. It yeah. would easily work in that environment. So what do you
0: mean when you say outside the It would be
1: edgier do? or darker or like, you know, like it's just not areas that I necessarily explore in my work and for a reason. Like there's a certain point I like to get to, but I don't want to become one of those comics where people are coming in expecting it to have to be like edgy or like I yeah. want it to be what I like with my audience is that they'll let me be edgy when I want to be edgy but I don't have a contingent of my audience that is like coming along going I hope he says some fucked up shit about you know and tell some like fucked up stories about you know But I do have one story that was in the show that I thought if I just give it a little bit of a twist, like, you know, I give it a taste of that, a little, you know, taste of Ari, you know, what what he (laughs) wants.
0: Yeah, so you're still staying true to what you do, but you're just incorporating a little bit more of what you think would would work Right, so I have a story that
1: was in my touring show that is about me getting locked out of my hotel room uh, with no pants on, (laughs) and in this story... I am only drunk, but in the version I told for the TV show, yeah. I just added up that this guy giving me weed in the car park and just made it a height the. But like, I literally asked the tech guy Jason before the show. I said, "What's a good name for like a drug dealer, like a, a weed that I would learn a lesson from?" And he went, "The professor," and I was like, <laughs> "That's it, right? <laughs> right?" And so I had that in my head. Yeah. And then, like, so when I was doing the set, like, I never, I didn't plan, I didn't like, I just weaved it in, and because I was creating. Because I had to be creating. I was engaging in the rest of the story in a way that after having told it 60, 70 times, you don't ordinarily do. Sure. And then suddenly it has this whole new character and this whole new thing. Because if you're in it and you're telling it and you're creating it, then you can kind of access something that you can't.
0: Yeah. And did you find that that professor thing added a nice new dimension to the story? Did it did it feel good? It did. It felt really good. I mean,
1: like... I'd never do it in my touring show. Like I wouldn't add it in because it's not. You haven't tri- started like
0: organising Professor merch to right. sell by the uh, Toe Fop website. There, there has been a. There's a couple. There's a, a red bubble page.
1: <laughs> Somebody's yeah. put up a red bubble page. <laughs> <laughs> it's the professor at the moment it's the professor from gilligan's island smoking a joint so that's all they've done it was reed parker it's not one of his best to be honest normally he's
0: <laughs> get um james fosdyke onto it he can fix something it. up please, i'm sure yeah
1: <laughs> but yeah i do think there's something about being in that performance space and being in that moment that, that elevates you and like or challenges you but also as you said if you're looking at at it to learn something about yourself when I was doing my improv shows the ones like the improv stand-up shows that I do at the store somebody said to me they go oh you must have like something prepared and up your sleeve and I say no the actual trick of it and there is a trick to it but the trick of it is to have nothing in fact the, the first night of the week is the easiest to do because here's what your brain will do if you do have something, your brain will try to fill in that thing that you already have. Yeah. But if you genuinely open yourself up to anything being possible, yeah. then anything and is it's, possible. And it's a scary thing, particularly it's like if when, you
0: haven't done it many times. It's like when you're doing set list, the
1: hardest topics are things you already have material about. Right. If it's a topic you don't have material about, everything is possible. Yeah. But if you've already got an angle on it, or your brain is like, why aren't you going to this thing? We've already thought this fucking thing through. Do this one, right? <laughs> And so the trick is to just give yourself over to the idea that it could be terrible.
0: Definitely. And that's that's another thing that they've pushed to us is like, we want you to fail right now. Like this sounds harsh, but we actually want you to right. fail up there because- you need to get to a level where failing is okay and failing is part of it. And right. then you'll just get these skills that will help you not fail as often. And sometimes the failure is the funny.
1: Right. And also the way of like, I mean, often I find that the getting out of the failure is the funny. Mm. You know what I mean? The failure can be funny, but the the getting back from the failure.
0: Well, Conan O'Brien was great with, <coughs> with that. If, you know, if a monologue joke didn't work, Oftentimes, the funniest bit of his monologue would be him talking about why that joke didn't work, and him talking about how he's going to fire the writers or whatever it would be. It would—you're right—the the after the the failure. I mean, he did fire all those writers. Though, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, he's a man of his word. You I know, mean, you've yeah. got to admire that. In it. It's a great quality to have. <laughs> People, are, oh, that's really funny. Kind no, no, no. Seriously, back yeah. up. Your but shit.
1: like, but I have to do that because now that I've said it on television, like I know I said it with a wink, but I also said it and he's a transcript of the show and it doesn't have my emotions in and you'll find that it just says yeah. you're being fired yeah, do you
0: know the name of the company you're working for co yeah. do you know whose name is in that
1: company mine right. I'm playing. yeah and CO <laughs> yeah but he doesn't get to fire anyone because <laughs> <laughs> my name's longer that's how we do it I have the majority of the name I have the majority of the say. Uh, I'm just going to pause for a minute Sam now Sam we're back and uh, I have something important to talk to you about. Do you? Yeah. Um, I realized that I'm wearing a t-shirt that I think you own as well, which is a Morrissey t-shirt, oh, you which is, uh, it says, be kind to animals or I will kill you. You have this t-shirt, I right? absolutely do have that t-shirt. I saw you like I post a picture of it on Facebook and then I was just in the bathroom then and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm well, because <laughs> I've got a jumper on as well. So but I was like, I'm wearing uh, the same t-shirt. Who got it first? Well, I don't. Well, I. Well, I assume like it was probably. Did you get at the concert? Did yeah, you? yeah. I did go to the concert. So Amy got it for me at the concert. So I mean, probably the same. Oh, time.
0: Now I think this. Now I so mean, who it wore it best? Because Amy. The other. <laughs> yeah, I have to wait for New Weekly, um, Amy. I think said something on my Instagram about Sam Mac. Insta. Said something on my Instagram. Blowing up. <laughs> yeah. It's blowing Which up. People now think it's my surname. They think my surname is McKinsta. It's not. No, it's S- meant to be like as in Sam Insta. Sam that's, yeah. what, that's what the Mac short for.
1: Yeah. It's finally yeah. actually paid off. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my great-grandfather invented Instagram. Right. Um, and, no. and my grandmother was from the McGoogles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Amy wrote something like, I got the shirt or I bought the shirt. I didn't realize it was for you. Uh So how do you feel about that, owning the the exact same shirt? Because it's a pretty memorable shirt. It's It's not like it's it's just a a plain shirt
1: it's an aqua blue shirt and has white writing that says be kind to animals or I'll kill you it's It's a statement
0: shirt literally a statement shirt I mean
1: well this is what I wanted to talk to you about because I am wearing a jumper over it because I was travelling today yeah I don't know if I can travel in public with this there's just too many looks and too much attention like it starts a conversation (laughs) it's
0: quite a threatening shirt that I'm
1: not always willing
0: to have (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, particularly while you're eating a lamb sandwich in the, <laughs> the Qantas Club, which you wouldn't because you know, you don't eat meat. I don't but uh, they, I don't think they have lamb though. The
1: Qantas Club they have ham.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. See, I just exposed that I don't spend a lot of time at the Qantas Club. What a loser! <laughs> I was there today traveling. Um, I like it's a great shirt, but I I have the same issue. Like I don't know if I like. You have days where you're confident enough to wear that shirt, right. and then you have days where you're like, oh... Um, maybe I'll
1: change mine to uh, be kind to animals or I will will you (laughs) as a sweet piece of branding and then then they're slightly different but yeah certainly I went out one night in Hawaii and wore it out to dinner and like It was provocative in Hawaii. People were like, yeah, you know, (laughs) no, no, we're eating animals. Were you in a
0: steakhouse? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: Everything's a steakhouse in Hawaii. Well, everything has fish and everything because that's what they're, you know, famous for. Like, you know, they're big luau's and stuff like that. And there is like a vegetarian version of that shit, but they always like look down their nose.
0: Yeah. I kind of interpreted the t shirt more of like, you know, animal cruelty. Like, that's certainly, you know, that's the where I see it, but I can understand it, you know, being interpreted as, you know, any anything involving well, eating I mean, an animal. You can, or- you
1: can understand that some people feel like killing and eating an animal is not being kind to them.
0: Yeah, that's right. And of course, <laughs> some people
1: might define not being kind as killing and eating animals. Yeah, certainly absolutely. Morrissey would, the originator of the t-shirt.
0: Well, his concert has, he has a song called Meat is Murder, yep. which is, Actually, really um, confronting. Like even in the opera house where I saw the show, as as he has that, as he plays that song, they have big video screens at the back of the theatre with basically animals being slaughtered. You yeah. know, blood going everywhere. Also next week on Channel Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> animals that don't make you lol Animals that make you
1: weep. <laughs> it's just a different direction. Not every animal can make you lol Sometimes
0: there's sad stories too. Um, and people walked out. You know, like at least five or six people walked out during that song, and you know, to couple- grab a subway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I
1: don't know why, but I'm hungry all of a sudden. This is a weird bit of integration, but I need hungry Jacks.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, it definitely made me think. You know, that that show, like, it made me. I eat a little bit of meat but not not a lot and that certainly gave me a week or so where I, I didn't eat any meat and it's I mean so a all you have to do struggle. is see
1: Morrissey like once a week and
0: you'd <laughs> be a vegetarian yeah, yeah that's that's an expensive way to become a vegetarian
1: <laughs> oh, did you hear uh, Sam's a vegetarian he was touring the world with Morrissey <laughs> he's in Sweden but he hasn't eaten bacon hey but he wears he's that non- t-shirt b- with confidence now yeah now can't get him out of the t-shirt gets a new one every night he's at the concert anyway <laughs>
0: And um, so, you didn't go to the concert? No, I was overseas. But Are you a fan of Morrissey? Yeah,
1: I've seen Morrissey plenty of times. In fact, I've actually seen him at the Opera House last time yeah, he was great. out. So, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of him. Well, I would have to be anyway because Amy's like, you know people you know, will come up to you and say I'm your biggest fan often they say I'm your biggest fan like a guy did the other night when I was doing the doll at the sit down comedy club in Brisbane and a guy sent me a tweet to say that he was my biggest fan and it was sorry that he hadn't heard about the show and couldn't come and I was like well you're not my biggest fan because there was 300 people in that room yeah
0: you've gone down in the rankings at best you're 301 right now
1: radio today have just put out a survey of my biggest fans and you have not made the top 200 <laughs> American Rosso and Carl Sandilands are on that list, so unexpectedly. Um, oh, can we talk about Gruen? Yeah, sure, we can talk about whatever.
0: Um, so obviously, people overseas would know you would have spoken about it a number of times on the show. I have a
1: television program, it's yep. called Gruen. And well, it's called Gruen now, that's, yeah, actually that's what it's Yeah, that's
0: what was my first question. Has it just been rebranded as Gruen? Because it obviously was the Gruen Transfer. Originally
1: it was the Gruen Transfer, and then we did our political one, Gruen Nation. Yes. And then we did uh, a show called Gruen Planet. Uh, which is what kind of Gruen Transfer really became. And then we did our Olympics one, which was called Gruen Sweat. Yes. And then like, this year, that like, everyone was like, what are we calling this series? Are we going back to planet? What is it? You know, we'd had some time off. And I... Uh, th- th- there was- As the EP. As the EP. Well, you know, here's the thing. I was saying to you off air that there's just... There's not much I want to change. We have an amazing Mm. team. Yeah. And, you know, the show has been very successful and but I do have an opportunity to reshape a couple of things and there was just a couple of little things that I did want to. And one of those was the name of the show. And I really kind of had that idea of like I wanted us to go back to basics, which is the premise that we can talk about anything, but through the prism of why we buy what we buy. You know, our weekly look at, you know, how we're being sold to. And it doesn't really matter if we're talking about pet food or if we're talking about, you know, the ice epidemic or whatever. The the constant will always be the point of view rather than the, the the subject matter right and I thought the be- the way that that point of view is best like to our audience is Gruen yeah the show's Gruen whatever is that we're looking also at it's a Gruen. reflection
0: of what you guys call it because I imagine you don't go oh we've got a meeting for the Gruen transfer you would say I've got Gruen is that is that I mean I always said that you yeah. know and no one knows I mean
1: fucking half the people who talk to me call it the Gruen project which has never been called yeah so, <laughs> yeah you
0: know, Gruen paints
1: we didn't, <laughs> no, that wasn't that was we didn't do that that wasn't us
0: same issue with uh with the, the project. You know, because I guess the project, which is an Australian TV show, was originally the seven thirty project.
1: The seven PM project? Oh
0: god, now I'm confused. But it's had that many names that even people who work on the show now still call it and their email sign off is still the old show title.
1: Yeah, I think it was originally a seven the seven PM, PM project, project. Yes. And then it went to six thirty. So then it then it would right, the I'm project. That's right, I'm getting confused. My
0: mum called it the seven thirty report, which yep. is where the seven thirty <laughs> came from, which is a different network and they're not gonna to cross to me doing a colour piece at the um, model of the year, the Cleo Bachelor of the Year on the seven thirty report. Missed opportunity for Lee Sales. A great interview there with the prime minister. I'm sorry it got so
1: combative, but uh, we're sorry um, trying to feed him Nutella. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've had him on the treadmill the entire time, and now Sam's been feeding him Nutella. It's a new direction, but we feel like it's really working for us, getting some younger viewers over to the network.
0: So back to Gruen. so, it's still a little while away from going on air. I think I saw yeah, we, oh, so it. We've, we've done three
1: weeks of pre-production yeah. out of five. It's back on air September the 9th.
0: I love the ad. And I did have a question. So, in the ad... You, you. Uh, so the voiceover says, uh, "You know, it's Australia's favourite show," and yeah. then you say, "It's not even my favourite show." Beautifully delivered. Oh, it's like I'm in the room. Oh my god! Um, what is your favourite show? That was my question. Like, as in, like that's actually on TV. At okay. The so,
1: so firstly, I, I, I'm glad that you like that line because that was an improv line on the day. Improv. Yeah. Yes, and yes, and. <laughs> Except that it wasn't. Oh. It, like classic, because their setup is, it's Australia's favourite show. Because there, wa- there, there, was a, there was a survey that had said that we were Australia's favourite oh, show. Thought that was... Okay. And so they had a line off the back that wasn't, for mine, self-deprecating enough if you're going to like, you know, brand it well, can as...
0: We, can you tell us what the line was? I can't even remember what okay, it was. Sure. But I So
1: on the day, I just like improvised that line and I was like, it's not even my favourite show, which I thought summed up, know, yeah, kind of undercut the point.
0: Are you worried now that that's going to sort of take on a life of own and you're going to be like constantly asked by people to do that line you know like you know the episode of the simpsons when bart becomes yeah, the i did do, do it, it kid, kid. You know, like, are you worried that it's not even my favorite show is going to become your thing
1: no, i'm not worried about it i think <laughs> james fosdak get on the t-shirts you know like,
0: it's
1: not even my favorite show Wait, he's gonna have, have a busy week just like he's gonna have a busy week cool it's not even my favorite <laughs> show <laughs> Say the line, Will. It's not even my favourite show. It's easy for me to say that. I would have happy for people well, to have that. Well, okay, I'll just
0: challenge you though. Yeah. How would that line sound if said by a French terrorist? It is not even my favourite show. I bombed the show. <laughs> in the name of Allah
1: and croissants.
0: <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, your your actual favourite show
1: uh that's an interesting question what is my favorite show
0: would it be a footy Um, show or comedy or
1: okay so well i mean there are certain shows that i like you know i mean look i loved lost when it was on i was a big fan of that show yeah um and i still think pretty fondly about lost um i i loved the shield do you ever watch that show i've never seen that that's a brilliant yeah I really like that. Um I like the West Wing. I don't yeah. look back as fondly on the West Wing as I do. Sometimes it looks a bit like old fashioned and heavy now, but uh-huh. like I liked it when it was on. I loved Buffy, like particularly early on. I, yeah. I thought that was a great
0: show. Is there anything at the moment that you're really enjoying? Like I guess it's hard because you're sort of living between here and the US, but Yeah, no, but that's an interesting like, question. Like like Netflix for example, is there something that you're really on?
1: Uh, okay, well, you know what? I, um, I'll um, i tell you a couple of th- things. Firstly, when I was in London, I had uh, jet lag. And in the two weeks I had jet lag, I watched 152 episodes of a Tom Selleck TV drama called Blue Bloods. Wow. Yeah, 152 episodes. Because it was the only thing on the Netflix that I hadn't seen. Oh. And then I had this terrible jet lag. And then I just got obsessed. <laughs> and I was like, I'm watching every episode of this show. Five seasons of it. Really? In one go. In and two is it weeks. worth
0: that sort of time commitment? Not in <laughs> any way.
1: <laughs> But it kind of brainwashes you after a while.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Donnie Warburg's in it. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: and that's the selling point. That's. Thomas Alex in it, and Donnie Warburg's in it. It's about like a, a. like, not a crime family, a police family. Yeah. And he's the chief commissioner. And then, like, he's like Donnie's, yeah. like, this renegade wilder cop. And the granddad was, like, the commissioner as well. And, like, it's about... You know, there's one of them's a lawyer and works for the D's AYOT's office. And they have these, like, sanctimonious Sunday meals where they always, like, there's always a moral at the end. And you always learn something about how the police oh. state is the best state. And, oh, really? Like, yeah. So, it's a form of propaganda. It's definitely, a, like, a right-wing, like, yeah. very pro sort of law and order, pro that sort of, you know, America having, like... Like, you know, saying grace on a Sunday sort really? of. Really? Yeah, and I watched it all in two weeks. That yeah. level five shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there's a couple of shows on that I like at the moment. Uh, there's one called Mr. Robot. Have you heard of this show? I haven't. Christian Slater's in it, which yeah. does not give you an indication of what it's like. It's this amazing sort of like I don't know, like alternate universe style. It's dark. It's kind of fucked up. There's this kind of like Blade Runner sort of right. um, anonymous. You know, the internet whatever they are, organisation, whatever anonymous yeah, 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 yep. you call them, yep. Hacker. It's and about, is it just season one? Is it
0: one season yeah, it's at a,
1: the moment? One season at the moment. Yep. And it's about a hacker. See that? And, and it, he's a morphine addict and you don't know which bits of it are real or which bits of it are his psychosis but it's also set in this world of like, you know, it's sort of some of it's really metaphorical metaphorical in the, the company's trying to take down is called Evil Core or something like that. So you're like, Oh, what's this? Is this just am I am I is hearing literal a real or story is it, or is yeah. it a parable? But it's a really it's a good it's a really good show. I, I like the it.
0: sound of that because it's season one. Do you get intimidated when someone goes, Oh, you've gotta watch this series and you see that it's like six six seasons, um, and you know, like seventy five episodes or something. It's just daunting the mountain of content to get through. No, Uh,
1: No, I'm the the opposite. I'm like brilliant. You love a challenge. Oh, but also if I get into something... Then I, I mean, as I can t- tell you, even when I'm not into something, <laughs> I can get through 150 episodes in two weeks. So imagine if I liked the scene that I was watching. <laughs> That's not true. If I liked it, I would pay more attention. Whereas yeah. like there were episodes of Blue Bloods where I was doing a lot of other shit around the apartment while they were just going <laughs> Passive on. Passive viewing. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, it's blah. On. It's, it's, yeah, it's on. It's typically it's Yeah, Sunday brunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still good and he's still a wild yeah. card. Right. Yeah. Same <laughs> as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else? I like Silicon Valley. I thought that was really funny. Okay. I really enjoyed that. Have you... Did you I watch have that? heard of
0: it but I haven't seen it.
1: It's like Mike Judge, you know, who did uh, uh, Beavis and Butthead yep. and, and Idiocracy which like... Yep. I was watching Idiocracy again the other night Like, and I'm certainly not the first person to have said this but the... That movie is like, in the future, Mike Judge might be seen as Nostradamus, because essentially, like, Idiocracy was this small kind of cult film. And what but, year was that, roughly? God, I can't is even remember like, Idiocracy, like what year it came was out. Was it, but w- it late just, 90s, maybe? Basically, they've just predicted everything that's fucking happened in the future, and not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> We've become everything that was meant to be a joke in this movie. It's like it's it's really, but anyway, it's a it's a really great show set in Silicon Valley, obviously. But it's a, I I really love it. I, I think it took a little while to get going, but it's one of those ones that I like. Broad City. Have you watched that show? I haven't. No. I think those girls are really hilariously funny. Yeah. Um. I
0: think so. That, you are watching quite a bit then, still.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I watch a lot of telly. I don't watch telly on telly anymore. Yeah. Um. You know, it's great when you're going back to do a TV show. Two thousand six.
0: <laughs> Okay. Uh, So it's yeah, okay. So I've um I've got Netflix I got Netflix recently and Uh have mainly been watching the sort of Attenborough, you know, not really getting into T V series Uh more of Uh like the Docos and like the Human Planet. I don't know if you've heard of this BBC um, series where they'll cover like, you know, the desert, then they'll cover the ocean and it doesn't sound that it'll be that interesting, but it's fascinating because they find these people who are living in the most remote parts of the world and they follow them through their lives. And yeah, I've been really getting into that. How much time do they dedicate of their lives to the Kardashians?
1: Because <laughs> I imagine it'd be much like us, 70, 80% of every fucking conversation, Yeah, right? Yeah,
0: there's definitely a lot of talk of um, of mm-hmm. Chloe and their new handbag range. Are, a lot they, of that talk. are
1: they across I Am Kate? How do they feel about the transition? <laughs> 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 Man, the other day I heard uh, my
0: dear friend, Mark Howard, who's a sports reporter. Yeah, I know Howie. Uh, I did a show with Howie.
1: Yeah, great bloke, Howie. Uh,
0: he and, uh, The ill-fated Thursday night sports show. He, it wasn't actually called that, but we put <laughs> that on there after. That's what your mum called it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Howie does a Saturday morning radio show Ooh. on the Triple M Radio Network uh, with... Uh, Former AFL player Wayne the Duck or the King Carey, yes, uh, Wayne Carey, who's had a pretty sordid past, and but you know has publicly been apologetic about it, and mm-hmm. you know has now made a comeback and is a popular media performer. Now yep. there'll be some people who will never forgive him the indiscretions and crimes of his past. You know he was he assaulted women, he had sex with his you know one of his best friends' yeah. wives at a party when he at the club. Yeah, the guy was a, he was captain of the club. I mean, there's a whole range of things that in some people's eyes. They don't care and yeah, they will never there's care. There's a few deal breakers in
0: there for right. some people. And,
1: and I totally get that, yep. right? I've met him a few times since. He has a great sense of humour about his past indiscretions, like, you know, in regard to, like, the fact that he, like, he, that. you know. I remember when I first met him, like, because how he said to me, have you met Wayne before? Mm-hmm. And I said, no. I said, but I've, I thought I'm going to get on the front foot. I said, but, you know, I've, I've made some jokes and some comments about Wayne in the past because <laughs> I have. You yeah, know? yeah. And, and he was very good about it like yeah okay. it you know, was really like well I would have given you plenty
0: of stuff to, you know. <laughs> was he aware of like did he know that you'd made these sorts of jokes in uh, no I don't think he was
1: okay and if he was he was very uh you know polite about it yeah. no 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 I I feel like but you know so anyway because Howie's a great friend of mine a high school friend of mine I listen to that show quite a lot and the thing that's worst about it and in Justin, because Justin has a routine at the moment about like, that he's negative towards Wayne Carey so he can't hear me have these conversations. (laughs) Right. Because
0: he goes, I don't want to hear good things about
1: (laughs) him." So these conversations are embargoed
0: until Justin's finished this run of He goes, I need to
1: be angry at him and I'm like, (laughs) and by the way, He would admit and I'm the first to admit there are plenty of things about him to get angry about. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want people to think that what I'm saying is anyway excuses those things. I'm just saying that people are a a complicated bunch of different things and you can pick or choose which of those things that you will look the other way or that you will just go, no, no, that defines that person for me. That's people's individual choices and I get all that. But I, I'm, I'm growing to like him Are the you? more that I hear him talk. And part of the reason is they did this segment the other day. He does this. It's a really fun segment uh, where he reviews TV shows. But... Like, it, unexpectedly, Wayne Carey's really passionate about shows that you would not imagine. Is like, he? he? Like, he loves The Voice.
0: Like, he loves <laughs> really? it. it really? Wouldn't he be an amazing judge on The Voice? And there was
1: this guy called Harrison Craig or something. Yes, who, like, was one I remember of the, that kid. Who's this, like, soul singer or, like, or like yeah, an old... he's a young guy. And, like, Wayne Carey went and saw him in concert... Did he? ...and, like, cried, like, oh when he was God. watching him on The Voice and stuff. And so, it's, like, <laughs> it's hilarious, but they're not really... Like, the, the thing that makes it work is that Wayne's not like, oh, 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 I like this show. Yeah. He just speaks... Matter like, of fact. Matter of fact, like, I, I really like this show. Crow. Good right. on him. He's
0: owning it. I kind of admire that. But, but then that. they're funny around that, you know, but yeah, like, are, you, it, are you like, starting to like him more as a performer or as a person? As a person. person from, both? from the perspective
1: I get from him in these stories. But this was the one. This was the one that, like, could have broken me either way. And, and like, I... I'm glad I've come at her with positive because the minute they started talking about it, I was like, "I'm not sure I can even listen to this <laughs> because this will go terribly." Yeah, yeah. The other day, the TV show he reviewed was I Am Kate. Yes. Now, if people don't know what I Am Kate is, that's the Bruce Jenner who is now uh, Caitlyn Jenner, and they've made like one of those Kardashian-style shows about it. And oh, I
0: haven't seen it. Have you seen it? Has I've it, seen it, it, seen it a aired in Australia? on Amy, normal- Yeah,
1: it's on Foxtel. Yeah. So Amy. Uh, Amy loves it, yeah, and she's been really enjoying it. And I think from the bits of it I've seen, like incidentally, I think they've been doing a pretty good job with it and stuff. And um, but Wayne loves it. Does he? Loves it. But the minute they start talking about like Bruce Jenner and like, you know, and it's a sports show and it's like, you're going to be talking about someone who's transitioning. This yeah. is really an area where you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. Oh yeah, that's dangerous. And I'm dangerous. like, oh, hang on. No, this is <laughs> like, no, this is going to... And he did this four minute segment and I was just like, wow. Yeah. You really just said... The right things and talked about this in the right way. So, what did he love about it? I mean, he just loved the story and he was really connected with like learning more about like transgender issues. Right. And and I was like, had he been to the Triple M codes training (laughs) the (laughs) day (laughs) before? I mean, I don't know how the Triple M music jury feel about (laughs) Caitlyn Jenner's transition, but. If you have, have you ever been? Uh, have you ever been on uh, Triple M jury? Do you? no, and that's Never what I wanted to ask up for your listeners. Yeah. Has
0: anyone out there actually been ever up? been on the official Triple M music jury? And if so, why do you love the Goo Goo Dolls so much? <laughs>
1: Yeah, what's, no, what's the? So there's one other band. It's that one that sounds like the Foo Fighters. It's not like um, there's Three
0: a, Doors Down with Kryptonite. No, it's, no there's um, a song
1: that's it's called Iris. No, that's a that's good old.
0: Oh, are you thinking of Hinder?
1: Oh, maybe I. Am. Lips of an Angel. That. Re- ha- oh, I remember Hinder? That was a moment. Yeah, Hinder would like
0: the poor man's of, Nickelback, <laughs> <laughs> which is really hurtful. <laughs>
1: Do you reckon Hinder got really upset when Tinder came along?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, people have been swiping left on their music for years. <laughs> I always
1: get confused when people do swiping left or swiping right jokes because like, I went on Tinder once just to see what it was like, oh, but yeah. I have never like actually done it. I haven't either. So... Um, like, I don't. So, when everyone goes with the swipe right, swipe left, I'm always like, which one is that? <laughs> <laughs> I never know which one the good one is. Isn't Are you that, making a joke that lots of people <laughs> like their music or that nobody likes their music? Now, in the Hinder example, I'm willing to take a bet that it's probably the one you reject people, for, yeah. but sometimes I'm not sure. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'll have to listen more to see what the point of this story is. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, I don't. I've never met anyone who's been on the Triple M Music Jury, but I've also never met anyone who's filled in a ratings book. Like I've met people who know someone who has.
1: You have met someone who's filled in a ratings book. Have you? I have. Really? Yeah. Yes, indeed.
0: When we were on air.
1: Ah uh, no. Ah, oh, so it was uh, this a long is time fascinating. Ago. Yeah, I don't know what the statute of limitations <laughs> on on defrauding radio ratings are, but here we go. Yeah. Um, I was in Adelaide. Uh, I would have been about 25. I just started at Triple J. I was a young single man and uh, I met somebody Mm -hmm. and I stayed at their house. Right. And it turns out that that person had a radio ratings book. So, the next morning when I was laying there in bed, I filled in their radio ratings book. (laughs) Did you ask them if you could do that? It's a pretty personal thing to fill in. They were an improviser, so they said yes. And... (laughs) Do it in this pen, they said. I was like, good good improv. They were, le- they were level three. So that's
0: why so, they went home with you, yeah? yeah, the, yeah. the
1: improvisation <laughs> thing. It was an improv exercise. It was a giant improv exercise. <laughs> How is Craig Egan?
0: <laughs> oh, that's a reference for, uh, for Adelaide. I'm very specific. Because a lot of comedians stay at Craig's yeah. house For our in international
1: Adelaide. listeners, I can't <laughs> explain that one. <laughs> um, so, I am... Um, I had this – I filled it in and then in the next radio survey, like in Adelaide, we typed – our numbers went right up. Really? Because it was a really small area. So, they didn't have like a heap of books out there. And is it – Like, how detailed is it? Is it just
0: like, what do you listen between 7 and 8 a.m.? Well, back in these
1: days, and I think they've trained it and fine-tuned it a little bit more than it is now, but like, back in these days, uh, no, it was literally just like, it looked like an old cricket scorebook. And basically, you just like, from your memory, like, oh, what did I listen to between 6 and 9? And you would only say one thing. Yeah. Like, no one was filling in, I flipped over to this, and this 20 minutes to this. You were just having a guess of like, what did I listen to? Sure. So, they listened to me from (laughs) 6 to 9 every day. (laughs) They were big fat a big spike in Adelaide. Yeah, massive Brilliant. spike. It was great. If only I could have slept my way around the country, <laughs> yeah. we would have dominated like Mick Malloy and Hamish <laughs> and Andy who clearly did that. That's yeah. clearly the secret to their
0: success. It's the only way to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah. So I have met someone. It was me. And I know that Liz Ellis's that the if, if the Australian netball mm. former Australian netball captain Liz Ellis yeah. her um parents had one of the TV,
0: uh, okay, like uh, ratings. Boxes. Okay, so that would be an odd thing for Liz Ellis's parents to lie about. So, so, so it's okay. You're proving me wrong. Like they do exist in some capacity, but like that's not a huge sample group. Like, guy at 25 sleeping with someone in Adelaide and Australian netball legends' parents. Like that's that's a pretty small focus group like, I, out I, of all the people that we've come across. I mean. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's it. You're not building a huge
1: case. Right. I just... Sorry. I had to pause just for a second because in relation to the conversation we were having and you said of all the people you've come across, I really felt <laughs> like that was...
0: <laughs> now I'm just thinking about Liz Ellis' parents. <laughs> Hang on. What? Hang on. What? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Liz. Um, okay. So, uh,
1: I guess you don't... I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I mean... Maybe you're not allowed to talk about it. Maybe it's like <laughs>
0: the first rule of ratings club. <laughs> and,
1: but but maybe that you don't, you're not allowed to talk about it because wouldn't otherwise people be able to find out about it and offer you incentives and stuff. And know you're you're like if I knew like if they had to publish them like pedophiles if they had to publish like a list of them and I could go on a website and it, all the people in my area who had rating books I could just go around and be like. You know, like leaving some gifts and <coughs> oh, stuff. Oh, now you've got me like,
0: thinking about a pedophile ratings book. Well, that's just terrible. It's all terrible, bad ratings. Terrible. All bad ratings.
1: Just in my mind. Yeah. yeah. On Yelp, Yelp, Yelp. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awful.
1: Uh, on Help. <laughs> 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 All right. Anyway, we, we, that's pretty much it. That's like, you know, so what else? What, let's finish up with something Yes. Um, what else has been going on with you? What, what else can we talk about before the end of the podcast?
0: Um, well, we can talk about the fact that um, B League is coming back. Oh, yeah. I mentioned it before. but no, that's good. That's so, good B League that. is like a football slash soccer thing that I do with my mate Jules Schiller. Uh, hilariously titled because the name of the competition is the A League. Yes. And... Um, We are, it's still about a month or so away from the start of the season, but we're starting to shoot some little bits and pieces and... One of the things I want to do is get you involved today. So, um, to you know, for people who listen to the podcast, in about a month or so, you'll be able to see Will um, featuring on our B League. Now, you don't know what you're going to be doing. I don't know. Do you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a bit of improv. What's the vague premise? Okay, so there's a couple of ideas. One of which is we have a guy named Scott Jamison, really good player who plays for Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh We're doing a piece with him about him being a prankster. Now, you know, around football clubs, any sporting clubs is like someone. It's all about banter. It's all about pranksters, but the kind of joke is that he's going to be a really lame prankster. So the pranks he does around the club is like, he switches salt with pepper in the shakers and he thinks that he's, you know, completely zinged people. And your role in the sketch is going to be the authority on comedy talking about how... You know, a lot of comedians are now being influenced by Jamison's work. Okay, nice. <laughs> so good. just stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, it's weird that we're having this conversation on the podcast. No, it's good for a sketch that won't exist for about six weeks. No,
1: I like it. This is like you know, this is people can Inside be like, oh wow, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: it's amazing. So they just shoot this stuff out of
0: context. <laughs> I mean, I just assume they all did it in a row, and they. But this is wow! This is an amazing insight. The other one that we have in mind, and a lot of Australian listeners would know, Kevin Musket He's the former soccerer. He's the coach of Melbourne Victory. Uh, Melbourne Victory won the, the whole thing last season. He's known as a hard man. If you go on YouTube, you type in Kevin Musket, he's always in lists of like the worst tackles, you know, like dangerous players. Like he's really had some, some horrific situations over the yep. years. So what we wanted to do with you for that one is because of your Gruen experience and your Gruen connections is we wanted to have a piece where your job is to try and soften his image, right? So, so you're the authority on like how do we, you know, rebrand Kevin Muskett, right. kind of thing. Nice,
1: yeah. I like it. <laughs> is he going to get mad about that and hurt me? Because that <laughs> that feels like maybe that's the direction that'll go in. Because he's a hard man. Well, you
0: used to do jokes about Wayne
1: Carey. That worked out all right. Oh yeah, we're mates now. He yeah. loves I am
0: Kate. There you go. <laughs> He'll
1: be fine. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you very much, Sam Mack. It was lovely to have you here. Thanks, I Will. Good it. to see you, mate. And a lot of people don't know it, but uh, Sam actually ran eight kilometers and ate Nutella <laughs> immediately before this podcast. I wasn't going to reveal it to the end. I didn't want it to be spoiled, the episode. But yeah. if there, if I can't put it up, that's the reason. <laughs> 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 Ironically, the only way you've heard me say that is if I have put it up. Yeah, yeah I, take I, that time. I did
0: get suspicious when I was holding a toilet roll and talking into a toilet roll the whole <laughs> conversation. Like, this is a long time to commit to a visual gag. Is this even going to go up? <laughs>
1: Um, I have some shows. Uh, I am doing... Well, obviously, my television show grew on September 9th. That's back on the tally in Australia. Um, My Illuminati DVD is still available. So, if you would buy that, maybe I can raise enough money to film the next one, Free Will. Uh, We have some shows of Free Will. Two shows left on the tour. uh, Perth, uh, October 9th and 10th. Justin Hamilton and myself. Uh, Justin is in the best form I've ever seen him. Some people who came and saw us at the Opera House and then came and saw Free Will in Sydney were... There was a lot of people who were like, wow, that was even a better show. And I was like, yeah, I think it is. So it's um, it's really exciting. So it'd be cool if you came out and saw that. And then at the end of the year in Sydney, I'm doing my political will, my uh, Australian politics show at Giant Dwarf. Uh, that's in November. That is over half sold out. So if you want to come and see that, I think that's probably going to sell out in the next couple of weeks. So don't wait until November. Getting quick for that one. Oh, LA Podcast Festival. Uh, we are doing a live Topop. Um With uh, Charlie and myself, obviously, we're both flying over for the podcast festival. You'll be able to uh, uh, watch it from Australia. Uh, Use the code TOFOP, T-O-F-O-P, and we get a little kickback if you use our code. That'd be really kind of you. Uh, But it's awesome to watch this. Can you watch it live? You can watch it live or I think for a couple of weeks or whatever it is afterwards, catch up on things. I caught up on most of the podcasts. Last time, I just got the live stream myself. Forgot yeah. to put in the code of our show. Okay. Good fucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> so please put in the code. Uh, but uh, yeah, but you can watch all the podcasts, but, but you can also watch them live. And so ToeFop's on at a time where people can watch it live in Australia nice. and stuff. So uh, Dave Anthony's going to do the show. Uh, Gareth Reynolds is going to do the show. Um, I'm going to ask Jen Kirkman and Matt Kirshen. They're both there that day. So it's going to be a huge kind of toefop fop crossover.
0: Can I quickly plug something that I only yeah, just discovered last night? You might be familiar with them. Um I think they're Melbourne-based Aussie guys, comedians, bit of improv, bit of sketch, um, called Auntie Donna. Oh
1: yeah, they're brilliant, hilarious.
0: I oh, yeah. just discovered them last night. I think they're doing, they're promoting a thing they're doing on ABC iView. I think they've done a pilot or something like
1: they that. They have. Now I saw. I, I'm not right across this, but we've actually mentioned people who've listened to every episode. Bless you, people. Will have heard Auntie Auntie Donna's right. names come up before, um, but. They're fantastic, and I did see that they had a
0: pilot. So, yeah, people go and check that out. I got in the YouTube Vortex last night, watched about an hour of their stuff, really funny. And another one, can I plug another thing? I have no affiliation with this, I just love it. No, you no, will have really enjoyed this if you haven't already seen it. Comedian from LA, Brody Stevens. Oh, Brody's, yeah, he's funny. Have you seen his show, Enjoy It? Zach Galifianakis produced it. Yeah, I have watched it three times and am almost obsessed with this character that, that he is or isn't. That's part of the sort of discussion. It's like, yeah. what's real, what's
1: not? <laughs> and he kind of is. Like, I've met him a few times and I think he follows me on Twitter. I follow him on Twitter. He's like, he has some meltdowns and shit, but
0: I love him. Yeah. I think it's fucking funny. He's very funny. Um, just to give you the vibe of the show. So as they were shooting it, Zach Galifianakis is one of his best mates and as they were shooting it, he needs to go into the UCLA psych ward. He has a, a Twitter meltdown. Yeah, It goes in the USA. I remember that. Look. I was watching all that live. When yeah. That yeah. And people were really concerned about him and then it sort of plays out from there. But I think there's a, there's a good message in there about, you know, like looking after your friends and, you know, if you're worried about your friends, if they are acting a bit different, even if they are normally quite out there, there's a good message there, I think, mental health-wise. But it's also hilarious. Look at that. That's a good
1: plug. I like that. Bit of a shout-out for someone else. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know why I'm it, but no, they're good. No, when I get, people enjoy when it. I get
1: him on the podcast, I'm better, he better fucking plug the B-League. <laughs> yeah. Or at least fucking old episodes of Black Thunderbelly or something. <laughs> which is still available for download, by the way, in the Topop <laughs> stream. I never got... I imagined at some stage we were going to get a letter or a call from somebody going, take that down. And I never got that letter That's or the call. That's because calls, we made so. it
0: into the top 20 <laughs> drive <shots laughs> Number eight, list. mate. You're fucking exempt from eight. any legal action if that happens, yeah. apparently.
1: Immunity! <laughs> <laughs> Radio Today immunity! You yeah,
0: to receive a white immunity rose. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, beautiful bit of integration. By the way, (laughs) check out our friend, Osher Ginsburg, host of The Bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Sam.
0: Thank you.